0: Turn your uh, Bibles or tablets or phones to Ephesians chapter (laughs) 5, verse 14 through 21. We are going to get into this message, which is titled, The Sleeping Giant. The Sleeping Giant. This message originated from a late night conversation with a good buddy of mine named Keith Temple Jr., And we were talking about how in this day and age, we have the ability to do more than any other generation has ever been able to do by way of technology, uh, by way of connectivity. Now from, from this stage right here, we can stream this all around the world. And so we have so much potential and ability, but we often get lured away. We often become sleep. And so if our generation, if the church would arise and wake up, we could really be what God has originally called us to be and what the, what the, uh, what the world needs us to be. Amen? Amen. So we're going to focus in on Ephesians chapter 5, where Paul is talking to uh, the, the church of Ephesus. And this is a very uh, inspiring moment because here we have a, a group of people who were dramatically, radically changed by the power of God. And so as Paul is not with them, though, though he's speaking to them as if, he's, he, as if he's there, he's trying to ignite that fire so that they could be who Paul knows that God knows that they're called to be. So let's read chapter five in Ephesians, verse 14 through 21. For this reason, it says, awake, sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Therefore, be careful how you walk, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. So here we are, Paul giving this charge to the church after starting this letter to the church of Ephesus, and, sent, and, and, and he's in chains at this moment, he's in jail, but he knows what they're capable of doing, he's been there with them, and he knows that there's power, that if they tap into it, revival will come. There was already a great awakening when he was there on his third missionary journey, he goes there and things happen that are, that are, yes, they're supernatural, but some of them are just quite wild. Let's read some of them. People who practice magic, sorcerers, psychics, Miss Cleo, those people throwing their books, throwing their books and all of their different uh, uh, tools into the fire and saying, I no longer want to operate in that anymore. I want to follow God. Incredible. How about the Greek goddess Artemis, who had who became kind of a household idol. And so the silversmith would create these idols for people to take home and for them to, to practice idolatry. How about people breaking those idols, giving those idols away, so much so that the economy was broken. The silversmith had to go to the, to, to, to the courts and say, I'm out of a job. I'm out of work because I'm trying to create these idols, but nobody wants to worship them anymore. They're trying to follow this Jesus, changing the economy. The power of God can change more than just us personally. It can change our, our, our whole existence and our way of life as we know it. How about Paul casting out demons out of people right, right in front of his face, just calling them out and demons fleeing. Demons running for their lives. Demons. And then other men trying to be like Paul, but not really having the substance, saying, in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches, come out. And the demons... Give them that look. You know that look when, when someone calls you out and you're like, you know, that look. And the demon's like, who are you? I know Paul. I know Jesus. I heard about Mary, Joseph, Abraham. I know all those. People, but who are you? And they jump on those guys. The move of God was just incredible. Miracles happening every day. How about handkerchiefs falling from Paul's pocket and people picking, up, picking them up and getting healed? Now, I know you just gave the holy, mm. but listen to me. If Pastor Brett preached on a Sunday and was walking up to those doors to greet everybody and a, a Kleenex fell out of his pocket and someone, said, someone who was crippled said, hey, Pastor Brett, you dropped some." Wait a second. I can move. We would be going crazy. We wouldn't worry about church being an hour and 15 to 20 minutes. We'd say, hey, we're staying in here. I got a little leg problem. I got gout. I got a neck problem. I, I haven't been sleeping well. Let's stay in here. Oh, what a day that would be. And I'm believing for God to do that in this generation so that we will wake up, be the church so the world can then wake up to the reality of Christ Jesus and him being crucified and changing our fate with the blood, allowing us to have eternal life. So Paul, after experiencing all of that on the third missionary journey, is now pinning to this same church. After a farewell, meaning that he's probably never going to come to this church again, which he didn't. The weight of his pin, the passion. He says in Acts 20, I stayed every night with you all three years in tears, laboring and loving you all. This was his family, and he's writing with a sense of urgency and with a desire to see these people be who Paul knew they were going to be, but this charge was so critical. So three things we're going to talk about today. First and foremost, we need to wake up. Simple as that. Wake up. And I know that there's a popular phrase out here. People say that they're woke, but a lot of sleepwalkers out here. So let's wake up. Secondly, walk right. It's one thing to be awake. It's another thing to walk. And so how do we walk rightly? And then the third is to witness because that's what God has called us to do. So first and foremost, let's talk about waking up. Paul starts this section of his letter with reference to Isaiah's prophetic mandate for God's people that was seen in numerous uh, passages, Isaiah 26, Isaiah 60. And, and, and Isaiah would say, arise and, sh- and, 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 arise and allow the, the, the glory of the Lord to to rise upon you, arise and shine. Let that light from heaven move through you, be a reflection of God Almighty. Let the power that we have access to by faith, let that be what comes out of you. Paul starts with that. And I believe because Paul knew his word really well, I believe that Paul was saying, this could be the hour that Isaiah was prophesying. Maybe. If if it's not, we're going to act like it is, and we're going to believe for a great awakening. And how many of us know that darkness is for sleep? And so if God's light is to shine, there's some spots that need to be exposed. So after Paul saying, awake sleeper, arise from the dead, there had to be something in the people that did a self-check. Wait, am I who he's talking about? Am I sleep? I know I've been focusing on so many of these things that don't really matter, I know I've been spending countless hours on YouTube. I know they didn't have YouTube, but I'm just for us. I know I've been social media stalking my high school buddies and everybody else trying to see what they have and what I don't have. I know that I'm, I'm always trying to take a picture. I mean, you know, how many times have you gone to a place or a concert or a moment and, and everybody's standing there and they're all taking a picture? I'm just a little smarter than that. I'm going to just go online and look up the picture that they took. Instead of being here trying to take the same picture that the guy next to me. So we just spend our time in this atmosphere where, where we're just overwhelmed by technology and by the new thing. Everything, something's coming out. The next one comes out. Then the next one comes out. So in the midst of that, can we wake up, come back to life, and walk according to what God has called us to do and who he's called us to be? When we sleep on our calling, we refrain from being active We miss out on the magnificent power of God. We were made to worship God with our gifts, our talents, our passions. But so many times we suppress those things because of the enemy trying to manipulate or or shame us. And so we stay in the dark because I don't want everybody to know what's really going on with me. I'd rather stay here, shielded away from the reality of life because it's safe here. But... God doesn't shine his light just to expose us. See, because the exposure is good. He reveals to heal. And so we should allow God to shine that light onto us and in us so that we can then see the areas of our life that are not like Christ. Therefore, we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And then we can also be made more like him so that we can walk like him and we can do his will. The light is for us to see ourselves. When we focus on him, he starts working in us. It's like when Peter was on the boat. I lose my focus and I start to sink and I start to get carried left and right with these waves that are in our lives. How many of y'all have been through some waves before? And so when you stop focusing on God, you start focusing on you and the things around you and what they said and what they've done. And now you've missed out on God. And now God is saying, come back to me. I want you to wake up because the reality is what they said, what they did, what you did, what you said doesn't have anything to do with my will. And it will be done. And so for us as a church, we've got to get away from what I used to do. Let me put myself on front street right quick. I used to be in prayer meetings and say, God, wake up the church. God, we need a revival. Remember we used to sing that song, Jesus be the center of my heart? Remember that? And then remember the last part when the, when, when, when the person would say, Jesus be the center of the church? We go, oh, yeah, because he's not. And everybody needs to get right. You know, we used to. well, maybe that yeah, wasn't you. But I used to say, yeah, be the center of the, of the church. We need that. And Jesus, whispered, God whispered to me and said, Yeah, but am I the center of your heart? You're praying for revival. I'm still trying to revive you. (laughs) Isn't it crazy that that we say, man, you know, that Grace Covenant Church, they don't do enough in the community. I don't do anything yet, but I'm waiting for them to do something in the community. Then I can go into the community. (laughs) They haven't started a small group in my neighborhood yet. I'm not trying to start a small group in my neighborhood, but I need them to start a small group in my neighborhood. Pastor Brad had not given me a word on this specific thing in my life. I'm not going to be looking into the word of God for that because I need answers. But I need to hear him say it. We wait on the body, yet we're a part of the body. Isn't that odd? Maybe if we would wake up, let's just say I'm a pinky. The pinky needs to stop worrying about what these brothers are doing <laughs> and be the best pinky the guy called him to be then these brothers might acknowledge, man, that's a pretty good pinky. I'm about to be the best thumb I've ever been in my life. And now the hand is actually moving. But the pinky can't spend his time just sitting still. Look, I feel like I'm talking to my kids right now. The pinky can't spend his time sitting still and worrying about these guys or gals. They need to do what they're called to do. And then the blood will start flowing. Oh, now now the blood starts flowing with the movement of the pinky. And now there's a surge of blood moving throughout the body. Amen. Praise God for Hooked on Phonics and children's books that have helped me to grow in God and preach the gospel to all ages. Every nation, every generation. Amen. <laughs> so wake up. Wake up. What does it look like to be awake? It means, in the midst of you with your needs and you with your understanding of who God is in your life, in the midst of all of that, having empathy for the lost, not judging the lost, but allowing from the judgment that you've made the understanding of where they are, then you move. Then you move and you respond and you love deeply. Instead of looking at the the needs, one thing I've learned just from being around good men, don't go to them with problems if you don't have a solution. A lot of the men that lead me here, Pastor Jim, Pastor Brett, don't go to them saying, you know, one thing we really need to fix. Okay, well, how are we going to do it? Well, I haven't got there yet. I'm just letting you know there's a problem. Well, now I just gave him another problem. No, instead, let's be the church. Let's be the church. Let's allow the gospel to empower us because he rose from the grave not just for Pastor Brett, not just for your friend that's more saved than you. No, for all of us, for all of us, Jesus called us all to be ministers of reconciliation. Say amen if you believe that. So therefore, look that you walk carefully. Look that you walk carefully. Paul says that in the midst of waking up, and allowing Jesus to shine his light on you, make sure that you walk carefully. The Greek is translated to live carefully, to live rightly, to be holy. The reason why this is paramount is because some of us get right with God, and then we are so satisfied with the standing that we don't walk. My daughter is one year, one year old, and she is just now, she's, she can take two steps two steps. That's huge. But listen to me. Every day, all day long, she just climbs up on something and those legs get to moving and shaking and those knees look like they're about to buckle and she lets go. Okay, wait, got it, got it. And then one, two, and she falls. But she gets right back up and she continues to walk until her walking is perfected. We cannot be satisfied by coming into church, some chains being broken, some relationships being healed, feeling really good about ourselves, and saying, I can stand. I can stand. You know what? I might even take a step and go into a small group. Oh, man, this is a big step. Oh, wait a second. I might actually be a greeter here. Oh, now, now I'm really i Oh, I'm, okay, okay. I'm just going to stay right there. No continue to walk. But they hurt me. Continue to walk. But I don't know if I'm, I'm good enough to do this type of service. Continue to walk. Tiffany said, I couldn't sing. That's okay. Continue to walk. We got something in children's ministry. We got something in young, uh, young adults ministry. We got something in teens. It doesn't matter. Just keep on trying to walk because the more that you attempt to walk, the more God is perfecting something in you. And the more God's perfecting something in you, the more you can be who God called you to be. Therefore, walk carefully. The light shines, the light of Christ shines as a lamp into our feet and a light unto our path. But many times, if you're like me, you walked in front of the light. God, I want to see where I'm supposed to go. Who am I supposed to marry? What am I supposed to do? And so I'm walking in front of the light, but it's supposed to be a lamp into my feet. I'm supposed to be guided by the light, and the light pushes me to the direction that God has called me to go and towards the destination. But I'm moving in front of the light, so now I can't even see where God is directing me. He's not a lamp to our heels. (laughs) Let him get in front. Has anybody ever had rent due? Or mortgage and, and you had to personally give it to the person? Like you had to personally drop it off, and you had money in your pocket, or maybe you had a check in your pocket. How do you walk? You got your hand in there. <laughs> and you're walking so carefully, so carefully. I can't lose this money because I gotta pay. I already don't wanna pay them. So I got—I can't go cut another check. I got to get this check to them right now. You owe somebody money. I already don't want to give this brother this money, but I got to give it to him, and I'm gonna hold this money in my pocket because if I lose it, he might never get paid. <laughs> We walk so carefully when we've got something valuable on us. How much more should we walk with the value of Jesus Christ on you so that no longer do you go certain places, no longer do you do certain things, no longer do you hang out with that different type of crowd because you've got too much value on you. You're not saying you're more valuable than them. You're just saying with the value that I have on me, I can't just allow this stuff to fall out of my pocket. For some of y'all who, haven't, who who aren't, you know, they don't know about that, that's okay. I got, I got one for you. We all can relate to this. Okay, first day of high school, you just got some brand new shoes. <laughs> and you got to show them your shoes. I mean, I remember me. I had white Air Force Ones, and don't crease them. Don't crease them. You'd walk in the school door like this. <laughs> What's up? Hey, hey. Hey. <laughs> And you walk so carefully because there was value on your feet. You value what was on your feet. We have the gospel of Jesus Christ. Walk carefully. Hey, I can't hang out with y'all. I got to be real careful the way I walk. Oh, I got a calling on my life. I got purpose. I got to be real careful how I walk. I I can't date you. I'm sorry. I got to be real careful how I walk. I got to be real careful how I walk because I've got value on me. You be in the line. The line is this way, but you're right here. Hey, I just didn't want to get too close to you, bro. I love you, but hey, I'm just, I'm just, yeah. Okay, I'm up next. Okay, here we go. Hey, how you doing? I like, you're careful because there's value. How dare we allow ourselves to put ourselves in situations or predicaments where we don't value ourselves and what God has put on the inside of us? Paul says to the church of Ephesus, walk carefully because you know what God has done in you and you know what God is calling you to do. So don't just hang around with the same crowd. Don't just do the same thing. Walk carefully so that the power of God can be demonstrated in your life. Master your walking God. Though it won't be perfected till he returns, keep on trying. Keep on walking. Don't be satisfied with just standing up. Then he says, be wise. Why is that important? Because he talks about the difference between man wisdom, God's wisdom. Don't, don't, don't be wise like the men. That's not real wisdom. That's foolishness. Be wise like your God, and, like your father in heaven. And as you're wise... As you're seeking after his wisdom, his understanding, and that's why we need to read our Bible every day. As we're reading his scripture, we're understanding his will. And that wisdom from his will catapults us into our destiny. And so no longer are we walking as the Lord of our own lives, but we are submitting to the Lord of the universe. And so as we submit to him, he's Lord over us and he orders our steps. And so every move that we take, every step that we take is ordained by God. And that's why we fall into blessings. We fall. He says, he says make sure that you keep me first. And all other things will be added. If we keep him first, then as we walk, things just start to pop in, in the way. And you, it's just a blessing here, a blessing there, because I'm just walking the way that God called me to walk. Don't be foolish. Foolish meaning without substance, without reason, or without purpose. Make the most of your time because the days are short. Yes, they're evil, but they're short. And so I want to be wise with the time. I want to be focused because I'm on a mission. When we miss out on the mission, when we lose sense of the mission, we do any kind of thing and we miss out on what God is calling us to do. I've said it before. The greatest businesses have mission statements. And they never deviate from the mission. You most likely will never, ever, ever get beef at Chick-fil-A. I don't think there will come a day. Or if that day comes, you know, okay, Jesus has come. Just look up. Because they won't deviate from the mission that's in their mission statement. So how much more so, (laughs) that's the only thing I could think of. (laughs) How much more so should we never deviate from the mission? Never deviate from what God has called us to do, who he's called us to be. Don't be foolish, don't walk without. It's not just being foolish, being ignorant. No, it's being, it's not walking with purpose and reason. I need to have a reason why I wake up today. Why did I wake up today? I woke up today because God called me to be alive today. Someone died today, but I woke up today because I'm supposed to do God's will. We got to learn what a disciple is supposed to do. We have to discover our personal purpose, what God has called for us. We know that we are called to be sons and daughters, the hands and feet of Christ, and, and, and share this gospel being witnesses, ministers of reconciliation. But how are we to do that? Pray, press in. God, what is my unique calling? What do you want me to do? If it's small, if it's large, whatever it is, I want to do it because I want to please you more than I want to please myself. All right, now let's have some fun. He then says, do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Let me translate because we have two types of people that just heard what I just said. We have... (laughs) We have the holy folks that are like, well, I don't, get, I don't drink anyway. So that doesn't apply. I'm already holy. You got those people. Good morning. How you doing? We got another group of people. We got another group of people that are thinking right now, don't touch my bottle now. <laughs> Jared, I like the little walking thing. I like the little, I like how you doing, but that bottle, don't touch that. That's sacred. <laughs> so I've got something for both of you. Number one, the person who is saying, it, I don't drink, I don't worry about it. Okay, well, let's just translate, Let, let's, let's, let's superimpose another word over drunk with wine. Let's say drunk with gossip. Let's, let's say drunk with social media. Let's say drunk with, with being in, in areas that you shouldn't be at. Let's say, because one thing we can, we're really good at saying, oh, I don't drink. I've never drank a day in my life, but I've been angry my whole life. <laughs> I don't drink my, a day in my life, but I've never, ever uh, uh, confessed or I've never said, hey, I'm sorry. I've never apologized. I'm just an angry person, but I don't drink, so I'm holy. We do that in the church. Oh, it's quiet now. Okay, okay, okay. So, so let's take that part and let's make it, let's make it, let's spread it out for everybody. Social media, we got some swipers in the room. Maybe use your thumb, maybe use your, your finger. I don't know what, your, your pointer finger. I don't know which one, but we got some people who get drunk off the swipe. And the clickbait is so good to you because because they say, guess what your favorite actress is wearing at the, okay, you click it. Now it's 50 pages. And they're not going to show it to you on one page. You got to click next. One, two, three, four. And you're going to go for 50 pages, 30 minutes on that one thing. Oh, but wait a second. Those who click this also click this. Oh, I got to click it. You boom, you click it. And now you're going through this funnel and you're becoming drunk with this. What I mean by drunk is you're so overwhelmed but the, that the power of God, the will of God can't, can't, can't help you to go left or right. He can't direct you because you're so, you're so overwhelmed by this stuff that you're consuming. Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's gossip. Maybe it's whatever you're addicted to, whatever stronghold is on you, whatever change, But whatever it is, Paul is saying, don't be full of that. Don't be full of that. Be full of the Holy Spirit. And if you're full of the Holy Spirit, then you can actually do what I just told you to do, wake up and walk right. See, because if, if, if you're trying to continually fill up that void with other things other than God, then you'll never really be able to carry out the mission. Can you imagine if there was just a bunch of gossiping and talking on a, on a covert mission in the military? For all of my military people here, and, and some of, yeah, and you know, the other person, they're just holding a gun. And the other guy, he said, and then we were, hey, man, be quiet. We're trying, we're on a mission. But that's how we do. Guys call us on a mission, and we're holding the gun, the word of God, the sword. And we're holding it, and we're saying, man, I've got all this power on me. But hey, did you see her shoes at church? Oh, my God. We're missing out on the call on our lives. Don't be full of it. Be full of the Spirit. We have access to the Spirit, but we must give the Spirit access to us. Surrender. Allow God to enter into our hearts, to check and see what needs to be there, what should not be there. Repent on a daily basis. God, transform me. Mold me into your image. Lastly, to witness He says 19 through 21, speak to one another. That's the first thing in Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. That's the relationship. We need to connect with one another as the body. Paul knew that they were only going to go as far as their unity with God and their unity with one another in Ephesus. Then he says, making melody with your heart to the Lord. Now that's speaking to the Lord. We need to continually push in, press in to the presence of God that we would hear his voice. That we would speak to him. I don't care if you got saved yesterday, if you got saved today, if you've been a believer for all your life. Press in and hear God. And if you hear something that's not God, keep pressing in until you hear God. We need to be hungry and thirsty for God. More so than we're hungry and thirsty for likes. More so than we're hungry and thirsty for the car that we want, the house we want. I'm not knocking any of that as long as you keep God first. Then he says, always giving thanks for all things. For all things give thanks. This is a man that's in prison in chains writing this. In all things give thanks. The good, the bad, the ugly. Give thanks. Because he's still ordering our steps and he's still on the throne. Then he ends with this. He says, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Meaning, are we willing to serve one another? Will we submit to the reality that Pastor June or Anita or anybody in this room can call me out? And I'm submitting. I'm, I'm willing to receive that. Or is it, I don't know you. You're not in my small group. You're not. I, I know Pastor Sutton says, not you. You're a pastor over there. I, I'm, this is, I'm with this pastor. No. Are we willing to submit? Because it says this, subject to one another in the fear of Christ. So it's the body. And as you call me out, you call me up because you have a purpose. You you, you believe in what God's purpose is for me and you value me. Then I respond by saying, this is good because Christ is in it. Therefore, I'll submit. If we do those three things, wake up, walk rightly, and witness, the sleeping giant will rise. This sleeping giant, some of you right now are thinking about things that you said you were going to do, places you said you were going to go, books you said you were going to write, relationships you said you were going to work on mending, evangelism that you said you were going to share, a small group that you said you were going to start. And the list goes on and on and on. But life has kept you asleep. Oh, I'm busy. Work might keep you asleep bad relationships will keep you asleep. If this day, today, would mark the first day where you say, I'm going to arise because the body of Christ is a giant on this earth. And if we all as the body stand up and say, I'm gonna do my part and we lock arms, what will happen in this generation? Let's stand to our feet. I'm sorry, hold on, wait, don't stand up, don't stand up. (laughs) Hold on, hold on, hold on. If you want to be imparted, you want to feel the chains broken because you feel like I once was stuck. And you feel like, man, I'm, I'm alive, but I'm sleepwalking. I'm not awake. Then stand up if that's you. You feel like you need God to revive your spirit because I know the right thing. I know what I want to do. I know what I'm called to do, but I just feel stuck. And I've seen what God has done in Ephesus, and I've seen great miracles in my life. I've seen great things happening here at Grace Covenant, but I am stuck. I spend too many hours doing that thing, whatever that thing is. Okay, I think it's almost everybody. Good. (laughs) Let's all put our hands to the sky in faith that God is going to break something today. God is going to break something today. This isn't a moment God uh, reveals to heal. Remember that. This is a moment for the Holy Spirit to expose something in you so that he can direct you. Because when you get the right direction and you give up these things that have been lulling you, keeping you to sleep, if you just give those things, then there will be more time, more room, more energy for what God has really called you to do. And you'll be able to do great exploits in your personal life. Relationships are going to change. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for loving us so much that you would allow us to check ourselves. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We ask for a fresh filling. And the only way that you can fill us up is if we're not full of the other things that don't have anything to do with you. Whether it be strongholds, whether it be addictions, whether it be bad relationships, whatever it is, we give it to you. Whisper whatever that is to God. Tell him whatever it is. You know what it is. God, take it from me. Take it from me. Because it's taken me away from my mission, and you have called me to be a part of this great body, the body of Christ. Take it from me. Allow him to whisper to you. Now receive whatever it is that God's given to you, whatever it is that God's given to you. For some of us, God's giving you healing right now. Because you're realizing in this very moment that the time that you've been spending has really been suppression, masked. And so you've stayed busy because you didn't want to address that thing. Whatever that thing is right now, allow God to address it. It might not fully be fixed today, but at least you know what's what's there. Tell God you're giving it to him. Tell God you're giving it to him. And ask him for healing. Hallelujah. Let me pray for you. Father God, thank you for all of us. Thank you for your call in our life. Thank you for allowing us the privilege to be a part of your body. Help us to be who you called us to be, do what we're called to do, and follow out, carry out our mission as Paul instructed the church of Ephesus so that we could do great exploits and advance the kingdom of God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.